All right, episode seven of The Rehashables. Big month for me, pal. I don't know if you'll be able to keep up. You've been watching I, some stuff? Your Instagram was just like constantly like stories of hashtag rehashables, watching stuff. <laughs> so I have an idea of what, you were, what you're watching, but good for you. Finally freaking doing something and watching some good things. Get my act together. So I like posting those things on my Instagram because people do, like I get a bunch of messages and a bunch of interaction, which is kind of fun. But the one thing I don't like is that you see the what I'm going to watch ahead of this podcast. Yeah. So I might unfriend you on Instagram or block you. <laughs> Just so you block me? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, I wouldn't be able to see because I did. But you know what? It does help me because you don't know what I watch, which is I have no whatever. idea what you watch, but I just assume it's something weird. So it's like, I assume even if you did post it, I wouldn't even know what you were talking about. Yeah. I can't wait that I'm going to be kicking off today's pod with my 1940s Middle Eastern <laughs> epic. Uh, movie. Ben, Ben-Hur is actually what I'm uh, going to be talking okay. about. Dude, uh, nothing would surprise me at this point. Yeah, so. no. Well, I said we do have, I don't know when I should look it up. When is the, the Oscars? But I believe it's next month. So we'll do I'm a little still special. trying to, what's that? I'd love to do a little special. Yeah, we will. We'll definitely do that. Yeah, March 10th. So that'll be gearing okay. up right before our, our next pod. So we'll definitely do an, an Oscars. Maybe we change it up a little and do an Oscars preview pod or something. So I feel like every podcast we do for your half of it is an Oscars preview pod. So, you good, know. Well, yeah, good point. <laughs> good point. Okay, well, let's want to just dive, dive right into. Do you want to kick? How about you kick us we off should. this time? Because you have six. I'm going to kick off something that's outside of my normal my normal type of movie, something that's more in line with uh, things that you would have watched. But again, just to reiterate what we're doing every month, because I feel like I don't say this enough, but yep. this is the Rehashables podcast. We're rehashing what we do watch on a monthly basis, whether it's movies, TV shows, docs, something else, if you want to throw it in the mix. Um, ideas is conversation that we probably have if we weren't doing a podcast, but we're putting it out because it's a ton of fun. So yeah. um, first movie for me is a movie that I loved. And are we doing things liked? Let, yeah, so we'll first go things from like most, the most to yeah. things that we like the least. Yes. All right, dude. So for me, I watched Killers of the Flower Moon. It took me 21 days to watch it because it's such a goddamn long movie. But I did chip away at it, and I freaking loved it. I absolutely loved it. Have you watched it? I did. I watched <laughs> it this month. Yeah, I watched it this month. It took me four sittings to watch it. <laughs> But I we got through it. Actually, I lost head of the last 45 minutes yeah. that I just pushed through. But freaking, I, I very much enjoyed this movie. Dude, I so, freaking loved it. I don't yeah. know why. I don't even like stuff like that. And I thought the depiction of 1920s Oklahoma was freaking awesome. You know what I mean? I felt like I was transported to that period of time. Really felt like this is what it must have been like. And so from that like immersion sense, I, I just thought it was great. Obviously like great cast, great story. We'll, we'll jump into it now. But like, that was the thing I walked away from. I'm like, man, I think I like, I might want to read this book. I think I might like, like movies set in this time frame. I just, I don't know. Surprised me. It, it was an incredible, incredible story. Another, another thing, it, it kind of, it, it reminded me a little bit. This is like, I'll, I'll make the connection, but like, remember with Watchmen, Watchmen, with the Tulsa, oh, yeah. the Tulsa, Tulsa bombings and all that kind of stuff, which grew up not hearing one thing about that mm -hmm. ever until Watchmen mm -hmm. came out. And same thing with this. This is a true story. Like this is yeah. they're like they're Ernest and Molly and and Robert these, real people. these were real people. I didn't even yeah. know that. You know, so this is a real true story that Scorsese was approached by to do this. And it was a like, book first. Yeah, there's a book first, and then he he the the Osage people 
asked for a meeting with him and came in. He said, let me write the script mm -hmm. for it and see what I can do. And they were nervous. They were, the Osage people were very nervous about, because Hollywood is depictions of Native Americans have been so not amazing over yeah. the years. And they, they loved it. And it was a really, it was an awesome, awesome movie. Who, who, who stole it for you? Like what, what, what like really stole it for you? Jesse Plemons. I don't know if that's a weird thing to say. I did not know he was in this movie. And then when he came into it, I was like, wow. And he's just freaking awesome. You know, like much smaller part than Leo. I really enjoyed Leo and his conflict. Like he's conflicted about some of the stuff that he does. Obviously liked King, who is played by Robert De Niro. Like those are easy to say. But I once the FBI piece came in, I was like, oh, wow. And I actually, I, I would chip away at the movie like a half hour here, half hour there. And I think once the FBI piece came in, I think I just watched it right through from yeah. that point on. Like I was kind of really engaged in it. But I, I'm going to ask you that same question in a sec, but I want mm -hmm. to take a step back so people know what this is. Mm -hmm. So Osage are Indians, mm -hmm. and they had all this land in Oklahoma, and obviously there's oil on this land. And basically what would happen is, you know, white people would start marrying the Indian population, and then Indians would be getting killed, and there was never any justice and all that stuff. And it's basically just like, white people trying to grab the land of these native americans because once they die once those people were killed the land would be you know the white people's name and that's kind of what it was all about um so just to kind of set the stage for that so who stole it for you it will on that point it was heartbreaking to watch oh, yeah, like yeah. It, it was like when you say it like that you just gave a great synopsis of like what the movie is about and the person that that did kind of just took over for me was Lily Gladstone who played. I, I Molly. should have said that Molly too. She never seen this actress before in my life. She, every time she was on screen, I just couldn't take my eyes off of her. I thought she did so good. And the amount of pain that she went through, like you said, the, the, the Osage Indians, they got so much money from the oil. So they, they were rich. Some they said some of the wealthiest people in the world because of the amount of oil that they had. Yeah, they were all dressed well. They, yeah. You know, they stuck out, not what I would have thought of for that period yeah. of time. Ne again, never knew any of this ever mm -hmm. besides watching watching this movie. And then the, when white people started marrying them and they started dying and the white people started inheriting the land. I mean, this woman had literally everyone that she loved killed and her taken sisters, from her. And there was no her justice. Mom. Yeah. For everything. And like, we're going to be getting a little bit spoilery. So fast forward ahead 10 minutes if you want to mm -hmm. get on to the next thing. But like... Leonardo DiCaprio comes in as Ernest and he, he marries this, this girl, Molly's her name. And I do think deep down he did love her. I don't know if, you know, he did, but he was having to do what this guy King said, basically King ran the show again. That's Robert De Niro's character. And he had to do it kind of what he said and follow along with him. And there just seemed like there was so much corruption. There was a time where he was basically like poisoning her, right. It was supposed mm -hmm. to be giving her medicine. Yeah, it definitely was, was insulin. Yeah, it definitely was. She was on her deathbed, and it's just like, it was. And right up until the end, he would like deny it, and then ultimately, like you know, he had to pay for for what he did. But yeah, I thought the same thing. I was conflicted. Like Leo again, Leo just being Leo. You know what? I mean? He's like the biggest movie star in the world, and yet you completely forget that it's Leo when you're watching it because he's so good at that actor. Mm -hmm. And this this act, the character that he played, couldn't be further than who Leonardo DiCaprio is in real life, supposedly. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> all the teeth at least for sure. <laughs> but uh, but 
he he wasn't a good guy. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he, there were things that he was doing that you just couldn't believe, like ir- irredeemable. And then yeah, the- there was things that were sympathetic. Like I yeah. felt bad for him, but end of the day, like not a good guy. Like mm-hmm. you know, but um, so besides Molly, number two, number two for me, I thought De Niro eighty. Yeah. One well, he's eighty one right now. He'll be eighty. Uh, he was eighty during the filming of this movie or whatever. Freaking guy was incredible as King. Can I ask you a question about him? Yes. Yep. Did you get this? Is gonna sound weird. Meet the parents vibe from him. <laughs> and he was like, "Well, I thought it was weird when he when he said uh, you were out of the circle of trust, Fokker." Uh, 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 he but uh, giving these looks that it reminded me of like the Ben Stiller interrogation scenes, <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is like." freaking meet the parents from like 1920s it was i just got some of those vibes with the looks that he would make like when he didn't trust Walker, you know yeah, um, yeah i could totally see that i could totally <laughs> see that but at 81 80 81 years old still like throwing the, this heat he was just awesome i thought he was so so great in this movie as well um go ahead did, did you enjoy the fbi stuff again i didn't know that was coming at all i didn't know jesse plemons was in it like Basically, all this bad stuff was happening to the Indians, and they seemed like they had no way out. And then Molly went to Washington, D.C., and then I think asked, was it President Eisenhower? Yep. Right? They depicted President him Eisenhower from, and then J. Edgar Hoover, who was in J. charge Edgar of the And was yep. like, they're killing us. You need to come down. And, like, I never knew. I mean, I figured at some point it would come together that way. But, like, I didn't expect Jesse Plemons to come down. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, this is very early FBI. Like yes, this, this is it's almost this like actually it wasn't the FBI yet. But it like, okay. Just, so it like it may be whatever that group was morphed into the FBI, but I thought Bureau, there were there was Bureau of Bureau of investigation. Yeah. They weren't like the actual FBI. Yeah. They were so just so it's Bureau. early FBI. Yep. And uh, there is some level of origin story there too. But like, I very much enjoyed like that mm-hmm. process of them, like kind of closing in on them because before that, it seemed like there was lawlessness. People would get killed and there was no accountability for everything. And I was just like, well, Jesse Plemons comes and they're just going to freaking kill him too. But there was like a bunch of them, you know what I mean? And it almost seemed like they couldn't be gotten to at that point, which was nice. Yeah, a hundred percent. When Jesse Plemons showed up, that was just kind of like this movie. You could felt like a big movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> when he showed up, it definitely made a turn watching Leo's character. You knew he wasn't intelligent. He mm-hmm. Leo's character wasn't very smart. He was like, he was, he was doing kind of what he was told, but he wasn't a smart guy. Yeah. Jesse Plemons immediately knew something was going on. Yeah. And he was kind of smarter than him and mm-hmm. did it. And you talk about him being surprised. How about Brendan Fraser and John Lithgow? Totally. Being, I didn't know those guys were in that movie. Yeah. That was awesome. Um, imagine being in those courtrooms back in the day. And I, I think they got them to delay something. And like Ernest had to go into yeah. a room and see King, see Brandon Fraser, see like all those guys. Yeah. And it's just like so much pressure to change his story about because he basically um he was gonna turn on King at one point. Again, yep, Robert Niro's character. And then they pulled some little stunt in the courtroom, got him back, then he kinda changed his mind. And he ultimately did yep. you know, maybe that's like the one good thing that he did, but but just seemed like so much pressure back then. It must have been crazy to be part of that time. Yeah. And you said this a little while ago, the lawlessness of it all. Well, how like people could just literally like kill people and get away with it. Like nothing. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah. I mean, you could see how King was, you know, how he manipulated getting rid of some of, he was like playing chess. You know oh, what totally. I mean? He was moving chess, you know, people as chess 
players on the board and getting mm-hmm. rid of them and moving moving them. He was a smart guy who mm-hmm. respected him. That's obviously a terrible, terrible person. And, and he was in denial with basically what he was doing too. But great movie. And you're looking, look ahead at the Oscars. It looks like, I mean, the only thing that it might hit on is Lily Gladstone winning Best Actress if she can beat Emma Stone. If that yeah. we'll see. But it, you know, it didn't. It didn't have as much pull as as maybe they thought it did a few months ago. Well, so. yeah. So this is so. If anyone's interested in how to watch this movie, mm-hmm. it was released in the theaters. Yep. But this is an Apple produced movie, mm-hmm. so it is on Apple Plus. If you have yep. Apple Plus, like that's how I watched it. I had been kind of waiting for it to show up on Apple Plus so I could watch it for free. Um, you could obviously buy it on iTunes or Amazon Prime or wherever you buy movies. Um, but this had a theatrical release and is now on Amazon Apple Plus. Um, rating on IMDb seven point seven out of ten. That's not not great. I thought it, I gave it a freaking A. Like I thought it was great. I don't know. I don't know why I it wasn't like, better it, received than it was. Maybe it's the subject matter, dude. I don't know. Maybe people don't love stories about Indians or what. You know, like you know. I think the biggest thing, and this is what happened with Scorsese's last movie when he did Irishman and all this kind of stuff. It's it's the wow. length, and that was such a factor for us too. You know what I mean? I thought from beginning to end it was a awesome movie. It flowed nicely. It was beautifully shot. Great acting. It felt like a huge movie. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of people can be like i wish this was an hour shorter but um you know goodfellas is still number one for me and the departed and that sort of stuff from from scorsese but i thought this was a great movie so i liked it a lot more than i thought it would like i said so i'm super glad i watched it. i would highly recommend anyone watching it it is long three and a half hours chip away at it but a very cool story about about something in the united states past that i think you you probably learned something from yeah. And yeah, and talk about it's a big, big movie for old guys between him and De Niro. He's a year older than De Niro. So mm-hmm. of course, and he just signed up for another movie, I think, with Brad Pitt called The Last Critic that he's going to be doing or something. I think I think with Brad Pitt. Um, So he's still churning him out. You're talking about Quentino? Uh Oh, shit. You're right. I am talking about Quentin Tarantino, not Scorsese. Quentin Tarantino, yeah. Two, that was, yeah, Tarantino's last yeah. movie. Yeah. You're more of a movie guy than I am. I'll so. cut this part out for you. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Keep my credibility. Right. Going. I love it, dude. So I'm glad we, I'm glad you watched it. I was hoping I put it out there with enough time. Yeah. So maybe I won't block you on Instagram. So oh, you can, okay. so you can that was, know what I'm watching yeah. and catch up. That um, was great. Why don't you go on to the next thing that you watched? So that was my number one. So that will okay. say that for reference. Right. My number two, and this might be a little bit of, of, of a surprise. It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix movie, but it is on Netflix. Have you heard of the movie called dumb money? I've seen it. I've seen it because I've freaking been browsing Instagram. I mean, Instagram, Netflix, like crazy trying to find the next thing to watch. Yeah. Um, Tell me about it. You would love this damn movie so much. It's called, it's called dumb money. The GameStop story. So it's all about, remember the GameStop stock. Yeah. Weren't, weren't people on Reddit, like doing something to manipulate the price. There were a bunch. So what ended up happening was these big hedge funds. And I don't know much about stocks. So I'm, someone's going to, Maybe listen to this and freaking call me. I don't know anything about about <laughs> stock market. But That's the whole synopsis is that a bunch of hedge funds were trying to short stock on short sell on GameStop stock. That's right to, to bring the stock the the price down. But this one guy um, played by Paul Dano, your your boy from the, the Riddler from the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. So there there will be blood. You see that the, the girl next door, which is for his first movie. I remember. Hey, so this isn't a documentary. If no, this, this is, is like a movie. A, this is a movie. movie. Okay. This is Paul Dano. You got you got Seth Rogen is in it. Pete Davidson, American Ferreira, 
Uh, Shailene Woodley, incredible cast. In is this, this a Netflix movie? This no. wasn't in theaters. This was in theaters. This was in theaters. Okay, and wow. people were raving about it. It reminded me a lot of Air, which I know you somehow still did not get through, but it's like an hour and 45 minute simple movie on like one topic that's just mm-hmm. fun to watch and you just can kind of forget about things. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. So Paul Dano's character, you know, I'm not giving anything away. This happened ended up kind of leading this revolution for a bunch of, of people online to buy into GameStop stock, even though these hedge funds were shorting it and people were buying it and they were not selling it. And the mm-hmm. stock kept going up and up and up. And because the hedge funds tried to short it, they've lost billions of yeah. dollars. And then something crazy shady happened with Robinhood, the, the online tr- stock trading website. They did something yep. shady. Portnoy, even his real footage makes an appearance in this movie really? because he had the, the Robin Hood guy on. It's just a really fun hour and 45 minute movie about a really interesting topic. So, yeah. Very, very interesting because I was joking around with Tara this weekend. I'm like, my favorite new show to watch is just browsing freaking Netflix and every other streaming service I have while I try to find the next thing that I watch. I feel like I spent like a half hour going through every single streaming service, but I did see Dumb Money on there. And the thumbnail or whatever you want to call it didn't catch my eyes. I didn't like yeah. look at the description of it. I saw it and I'm like, you know, that sounds like a doc to me. And maybe at some point I'll get around to it. Did not realize at all what it was. And that sounds like an awesome. Even more appealing. This guy, like the, uh, the, the real guy, Keith Gill, um, Stonehill guy. Went to Stonehill. Oh, no kidding. So the, yeah, he went to, he went to Stonehill. I, I didn't know that. Yeah. In 09. So he probably graduated with some of my buddies that, that, were, that were there. But just a, I mean, the amount of money that they ended up doing, it's just a good a good story. So yeah. America Ferrera, she was great in she had two big movies this year. Yes, yeah, so I would I would highly recommend that. It was probably the second most enjoyable thing I watched. Wow. Wow. I love yeah. it. Jeez, I can't wait to hear what else we I think and then you I think Tara would like that one too. It's it reminded me a little you ever said the big short? No, but that's surprising I haven't, but that's what I was actually thinking about as you were describing it. Like probably it, would have some similarities and I do think Tara would like that. It's not as heavy. Big short is very heavy with like well, Christian Bale. Tara, that was, yeah. Yeah. That was about 2008 financial crash. Yeah. Very heavy. This was a little bit more of a simplified story, but it's just really well done. So that's what I, I, I watched this month. Love it, dude. I think I'll probably actually watch that before long. I think you'll like it. Um, all right. Ready for my number two? Yep. Number two thing to rehash this month is something that I had to break up into two parts over a very long period of time. Finally came around to it. And it's The Last of Us, the TV series on HBO. Or on Max, I, I should say now. Yeah, I forgot you watched it. Yes. Dude, I freaking loved that show. I thought it was fantastic. So you watched the whole thing at the, the whole time thing. Came out, so let's right? dive, let's dive okay. in wherever you want to go. Um, let's let's I, dive into it. So this is a series, first mm-hmm. season of a series on Max or mm-hmm. HBO. I don't know how to say it. I feel like yeah. no one knows what I'm talking about when I say it's that. HBO, I, yeah. I, I hardly even know what I'm talking about when I say that. <laughs> Anyways, so it came out, I think, last January. Right, January 2023, uh, yes. February, like yep. early in, in the year. Yep. And I thought it came out hot. So basically, it's a um, it's a post-apocalyptic show, which is, again, right up my alley. But it's not like the normal zombie show. It's, it's, it's fungus-related, which I think is a different take on that whole situation than you would see on something like The Walking Dead or other mm-hmm. zombie-type shows. I should also say this is based off a video game, a popular video game that they turned into this TV show. Anyways, so it's like fungus takes over the world and turns these people into zombies. But as any of these zombie shows go, it's not the zombies. That's the show. It's the, you know, it's the atmosphere. It's the people in it, the relationships, the tension, all that sort of stuff. So uh, it actually starts in Boston 
well, with a guy. And uh, the first, well, he doesn't start in Boston. He ends up in Boston after the first time. But I want to mention that, like, this guy has a daughter. And basically, they depict the first night when all hell breaks loose in the world. And the streets, it's crazy. People are dying, turning into these zombies. He's trying to get away with his daughter. I think his brother's with him. You know, there's interaction with a cop. And, and, and ultimately leads to his daughter dying in his arms. Mm. And I found that to be very emotional. If I'm, right. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, like, had water, eyes watering for sure. Like, I found it to be very emotional. And I was like, wow, this is going to be freaking amazing. What did you think after that first episode? The first half hour of that season where, A, the opening is them describing if a fungus were to happen. Remember, like, the scientists were talking, yeah. like, how yeah. that would happen. And then it go into that. We love shows and movies where it de- which i don't know what this says about us that just depicts the world completely falling apart at like the moment an incident happens yeah you like know? like minute one you know yes. like that's that was a depiction not of a week later or a day later it was like that moment that all hell breaks loose and the panic that ensues and just the chaos and people running around and you're trying to escape and yeah and then that the scene happens where his daughter dies i remember waterworks coming on yeah the the level of of quality let's 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 say two pedro pascal is the lead guy in this and bella ramsey is the lead young girl who ends up showing up later in the episode we've been big you know we've had pedro stock ever since oberon martell who's (laughs) you maybe wrote off because he's part of game of thrones one of my i don't remember remember that character but he was the mandalorian (laughs) and and mando so he's he's been riding riding high but the level, so you watch the whole series. So there, there are certain highlights of the whole series that I just wanted to maybe kind of talk okay. about. Yeah. Real- why don't we run through them? So, so basically that first episode or most of that first episode is that part up until the point that his daughter dies. Mm-hmm. And then it fast forwards like 20 years, 25 years. And that at that point he's in Boston and the world yep. is a freaking totally different place at that point. And, you know, they're, you know, it's what you would expect from a post-apocalyptic show and, society hasn't rebuilt and there's pockets of people everywhere and it's a ruthless world all that stuff but anyways they somehow he gets connected with this girl who's apparently immune to you know it's like any other zombie thing someone get gets bit they'll turn into a zombie or whatever mm-hmm. she's immune to that so eventually he is tasked with taking her to some camp out west correct correct me if i'm wrong yep because i did watch the first montana or something like that? Yeah. yeah so anyways like then it's his journey from boston out west to get there and there's some other things that we can talk about on his way out there. But like, that's the premise at that point, it, you know, and, and you see like the parallels maybe between him and his daughter in that first episode yeah. and him and, and this girl, you know, there's, you know, there's yeah. that connection. There's a lot of baggage that goes along with that. Um, so anyways, I don't remember what really necessarily what the second episode was about, but the third episode was an episode with Nick Offerman. Yep. And what's the guy's name? I just the know. Yeah. Yeah, the white. Yeah. He was the man in White Lotus season he was one. Unbelievable in White in White Lotus. What the hell is his name? Even in the in White Lotus. Anyways, maybe you'll get it. I, yeah, but, I, mean, I keep keep going. I'll. Yeah. But basically, this episode is more of an isolated type episode. Doesn't really focus on the guy's name's Joel, uh, and Ellie is the name of the girl. Joel and Ellie are kind of doing something else in this one. It's focuses on Nick Offerman and this other guy. Freaking, what is his name? I can't. I'm trying to find. Damn it, it. Frank, Frank. It was Murray Bartlett. Murray That's Bartlett's what, character Murray Bartlett. Name? Yeah, I play Frank. Okay, Frank. Yep. What's his name in freaking White Lotus? God damn it. Anyways, uh-huh. so it's focused on on them. And it's like a same-sex couple, two guys. Uh, Nick Offerman has like this 
fortress kind of and he somehow stumbles on this guy the other character kind of stumbles onto the land and they kind of fall in love the other nick offerman's character didn't know that he was gay or maybe he did i, I yeah. don't even remember but he basically like in this world they kind of came together and had this really really emotional love story you know like right i mean it was it, it was like a decades long episode that was a moment where everybody was talking about it Everybody was talking about this episode of TV. When mm-hmm. came out. And by the way, his name was Ar- Armand. Armand. Yeah. Or whatever. You know Armand. 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 Awesome he actor. Stole that season away. You know, Nick Offerman, we, we love. And again, not Nick Offerman. Just talk about a range of acting and the incredible job he did. It was just an absolute, beautiful, isolated episode that even if you didn't watch the first two episodes of The Last of Us, it was just this one complete story of these two characters. And it was just beautifully done and i think that episode is what kind of took the show from here people were liking it but it really elevated it yeah. to like this is could be like a prestige quality show yeah honestly you could take that show that episode out of the whole series mm-hmm. and make it its own thing and you yeah. would get something out of it you would get something yeah. out of that love story um joel and ellie do cross paths with them they i think maybe get some supplies from them but they yeah. have this like pretty strong fortified area um i think someone gets sick um yeah taking care of each other the way it ends is, is very good um the thing that I don't know if you realize this or not, but I guess in the video game, yeah. one of these two guys, or maybe two of these guys are kind of like referenced in passing in the video mm-hmm. game. Like they don't have any backstory. Like all this mm-hmm. backstory was created for the TV show. So it's kind of cool to see how like the writers of this show took these like one or two off people like that were in the video game for like two seconds and built this whole episode and story around it. And it was beautiful, man. I, I Oddly enough though, that's when I stopped watching it. I, I don't know, know why. I know. Not because I didn't like it because i again i thought all of those episodes were great but for whatever reason i got caught up with other stuff and it wasn't until obviously this past month i was like you know what i think maybe they won an emmy or something or they yep. got nominated and i was like you know i gotta finish last of us if i don't do it now i'll never do it and i'm glad i did because it just picks up from there and it's freaking awesome the rest of the way through it, it really is it doesn't it doesn't lose its stride there is one week episode i would say the the bella mall episode I think yeah. was weak. Maybe you yeah. liked it more than I did. I no, I, I, I didn't. I actually don't especially like her. Obviously, it's her character. It's not like I don't like the little girl. You know what I mean? But I just another Game of Thrones alumni. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> but uh, I've never seen that girl act in anything before. So, uh, so anyways, yeah. that okay, was. So- a, I mean, I guess if you want some backstory, but it was hard for me to like. I, I have to understand that she has had a different upbringing than I could possibly ever imagine. Yeah. Yep. in that show and she's had loss in her life and they're in this like very rough world yeah but something about her i don't like love love you know what i mean like most of my attachment is to, like imagining what it's like for joel to kind of take care of her um, but i do buy into their relationship overall but that that probably was the least my least favorite episode yeah but the her arc was good at the end but i gotta ask the ending because i was conflicted what did you think of joel's arc and how the season ended with him Refresh my memory at the very, very end. The very end was was th- that they basically had Bella Ramsey's character. I forget her name, whatever. But and they Ellie. were trying to extract or get the blood or try to do yeah. surgery. And they thought they were gonna they were gonna kill her. Though that was the whole thing that these doctors were like, "Are we gonna kill one person, one girl, to literally save humanity?" And that's a crazy decision to make. And Joel is like, "No way in hell!" But Joel then kind of takes it to an 11 he killed like freaking 20 people it it was almost like too much i wasn't sure how it like ended ended i I think maybe 
he, he lied to on me. the hillside with them two overlooking a settlement or something. She asked him, I forget the exact wording, but she if asked anyone him, died, did, did anyone, did you kill them? Whatever yeah. intention. He lied to her and said, no. Yeah. And she knew yeah. he was lying. Yeah. To her. So I'm, I'll be interested to see where that goes. Um, he had a little, little tough stretch. Cause that, that was like, he was killing people, defenseless people, like people that didn't need to die. Totally. And that was kind of like, you know, yeah. We're Joel, I'm like, Joel, like, dude, like, I'm on your side, but let's take it down a notch. You're kind of going a little crazy here. You know, he honestly didn't even really like her that much. Like, I, I he really built an attachment to her in that yeah. last couple episodes. By that episodes. point, he did, though. But by, by that, by point, that point, he did, obviously, because he yeah. freaking killed the uh, freaking 20 people to, to save her life. But, like, it took him a little while for, for her to grow on him. Uh, along the way in their travels, they met up with his brother in this awesome-looking community. The Montana, that stuff was awesome. That Montana stuff was so cool. And how They, they have, were... like, this very fully functioning city with electricity and schools. And yeah. it seemed like that's exactly where you'd want to be. <laughs> yes, even uh, in Boston. Yeah, way better. So they moved on from that, though. And uh, then they encountered basically these cannibalistic type people with yeah. this very... Oh, that was a crazy episode. Very strange, like, leader. Yeah. And uh, weird stuff, man. Weird stuff. But it was good. Like, a good... That was, like, the last conflict before what we described before. Like, that, it almost was like that must have been, like, the final boss of the game or whatever. You know what I mean? That that section with those those very bad people... Ellie managed to survive it. Joel was in rough shape at one point. Um, and then it transitioned to the part where they got where they ultimately needed to go until he realized that they were going to kill her to try to save everyone else. And that's when he went nuts. But so what do you think about that? Should they, you know, should he, like, should someone, I mean, I don't expect you to hold you to this, but like, that's a tough thing to, it's like kill one person to save many, or, you know, it's like, when, you, know, man, when it's, you're at that point, I don't, I don't think you could go. You can't just be like, okay, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, because then you're like, why, you know, what kind of humanity are it's very, 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 it's a tough decision. It's a, it's a complete lose lose. But they're obviously, I think they're starting filming season two now. Let's just say, I mean, very, a lot of people were so skeptical about this show because there has literally never been a successful video game adaptation of a show or movie, like, really, in a, like, I would think that this is the most successful. Yes. Since Mario Brothers in nineteen like ninety one, with uh, John Leguizamo, Leguizamo, <laughs> and the Haskins yeah. guy from Roger Rabbit, yeah, <laughs> that, no, I mean, that one was freaking silly. But honestly, I, yeah, I think that this is. I think people universally feel that way. Um, yeah, so I'm all in, dude. I thought it was great. Have you? So have you played the? Because you are the two of us. I'm still stuck in like N sixty four, dude. I, I never have. You're a gamer. I never so, have. I am, but nope, not it. Does never it make you it. want to? No. I okay. think I'll just enjoy this one with the TV show. Because uh, season two, they say it only, people have said it gets better. And I know they've, they've had some big, bigger cast names associated with season two. It's going to be a bigger show. So I'm, I'm excited. It was a, a great show. One thing I do know about the game is that there's two of them. One and two. And that this first season was the first game. And presumably the second season would be the second game. I don't know if they try to go... What's that other show that they went beyond the books or whatever? Like, or, you know, I, I don't know. That, <laughs> yeah. I don't that know that they want to. Like, yeah. I, I would hope that they ended actually after two, if that's the case. Like, it seems like anytime something goes past the source material, it opens up an opportunity for things to get. The to only get thing I would counter to that would be like this Bill and Frank episode or whatever was true. completely yeah. original. And they true, that true. was probably the most standout of the season. So totally glad you Absolutely. watched it. Fired up season two was, will be coming out, I think, probably next early next year. 
but yeah, everything's pushed back with the writers. Pedro Pascal, man, okay. guy is good for him. Good for that guy. So yeah, he's the freaking man. Yeah. Um, okay, so we are going to move along a little bit faster on these next few ones. I yeah, think. I, yes. I would think that we should. Yeah. So uh, for like the three people that are still listening, what's what's number three for you? Have you heard of the movie Saltburn? No. Nothing. You don't know anything about this movie. Saltburn. Saltburn. Yes. Never heard of it. Oh my gosh. It's it's on Amazon Prime. It is like the biggest cult wild movie of the year. It's basically about Barry Barry Kogan is his name. He's you've seen him. He was in the the Banshees of Inisherin, which you have not seen. An awesome Colin uh, Farrell movie, but he played like a little part of the Joker in the Batman, that like okay. Joker scene. Yeah, okay. That's, yep. that's him. And then Jacob Elordi or whatever is in it. He's in Euphoria. He plays Elvis in the new Priscilla movie. Anyway, this is such an over-the-top movie. Watch the trailer the second we get done. I want you to watch this movie, and I almost want you to record yourself, you and Tara, watching this movie, because there are three scenes in this thing that you are jaw-droppingly uncomfortable you have to, it's so, such a, an, a wild, fun movie. What's it about? So, it's about these two guys, two, two students that are in boarding school, okay? One of them, very awkward, doesn't really know how to socialize with people, focusing on academics. That's Barry Kogan character. And then Jacob Elordi is this very wealthy, charismatic, good-looking, everybody likes him, and they befriend him. And basically, the popular guy feels bad for a young guy who he becomes friends with and invites him to come stay at his family pop property called Saltburn in the big castle place in England somewhere. So he goes to stay with the family at, at this castle and then weird things start happening, but not the way you think it would happen. It's some, a lot of twists and turns, but I love it. it. It's so just watch. I'm just telling you, watch the trailer and it, it, it will get you. I think you and Tara would enjoy watching this movie. It's so over the top. So I would recommend it. Okay. That's my Saltburn. Wow. Anyone that has seen this move Saltburn, please just comment or reach out to me about that. They know exactly what I'm talking about. It's I cannot insane. wait to see this. So I have thought things come to my point. mind when I say this, that I won't say on air, but I, so it's like, I, I I'm picturing certain weird things happening, but yeah, it's on uh, prime free. You can get it, about two hour and 10 minute movie. Mm-hmm. Roseman Pike's in it, Gone Girl. Um, so anyway, good, good stuff. Uh, love it, dude. So that's a good transition to my next movie, which is actually a documentary that I, what we watched on Netflix. I don't know if you have seen this yet, um, but it's called American Nightmare. Have you heard of this? I, I'm freaking too in. You son gonna, of a bitch. I could, I, we were supposed <laughs> to watch it last night for freaking the Grammys. End up, I thought the Grammys were on tonight. <laughs> So the hey, let's talk about those first two episodes then. Because... I, I did, but, I, but spoil it for me. Just Let's just talk about it. Let's just talk about the show. I've, I, I've enjoyed it very much. If we want to talk about okay. it. Okay. Uh, I mean, it won't be anything crazy. You probably get a sense of how it's going. So anyways. I think I do. I have a sense. Basically, yes. like, I have no idea what this is about. First of all, going into it, I, I've heard someone mention, like, the Gone Girl situation, which is kind of why I, I said that's a good transition to it. Basically, this, this young couple, supposedly, it starts out with the guy, middle of night, it, they they are woken up at gunpoint, I guess, and all this weird stuff happens with the, the person that invaded the home, and he basically takes the girlfriend, um, her name is Denise, and ties up the guy's name, I think is Aaron? Aaron yeah. is his name? Aaron, yep. 
Yeah, Aaron ties him up, says he can't do anything, can't call the cops. He's got to stay in this spot. There's a camera on. But ultimately, he calls the police like later on the next day in the afternoon. And he goes in, tells the cops what happened. They do not believe him at all. Very instantly skeptical of him. So the first episode is all about him and like his point of view of what happened. And it's just like a really crazy story. But honestly, dude, like watching him, like... I thought he came across as very believable. I don't know if, if you were making like a judgment on him. Cause, cause they, they all, sh- they showed a lot of his interrogation footage, but they also had like, he was a part of the, the show mm-hmm. as well. So between the interrogation footage and the way he was talking, I was like, dude, I don't know. This is a freaking crazy story about like the home invasion and the, you know, the, the lasers pointed on him and the goggles that were blacked out and just all this weird stuff. But I'm like, it sounds, it sounds somewhat believable. And then the first episode ends with Denise, the girl that had been missing she gets released and they have some like security footage of her walking up the street to basically her dad's home about 400 miles away from where this all happens. And then it ends, ends with like her on the screen, ready to like tell her story. You know what I mean? Like she's, it's now going to shift to her in the second episode. Um, so what do you think of that story? For the first time you heard, like what happened? I thought Aaron, like you said, came across incredibly well. I thought the cops were jerks. Totally. I, I could not get over how the police were asking him the questions they were asking him, of course, with editing and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's all probably, you know, four hour interrogation. They were only seeing clips and stuff like that. But I'm like, the I'm like, why, why are they like, this is, it was really, really rough to watch. Mm-hmm. And he was just breaking down. He was just like, I felt, I felt very, very bad for well, him. Well, they put him in like basically prisoner outfit right away. And they yes. make a joke about it. It's like all that we have. So he's wearing like freaking convict outfit. Yeah. And, yeah. and he's sitting in these chairs like all yeah. day long. He's mm-hmm. like sleeping, curl up in a ball on the sideways yep. of like, just picture a office chair. So it's just like, yeah, they, they were instantly skeptical of what he said. And, that was definitely it, like alarming. Yeah. It, it made me think like, shit, I wouldn't even freaking want to go to the cops. No, um, exactly. And then the end, and then the end, and then you go into the second, I, you know, and then you, you just said that she gets interviewed. So you hear, you know, she's alive. And then you hear her story and what, what she went through. And that was crazy. And it, yeah. it was, she basically said the exact same thing. Yeah. The same exact thing. And they re- referenced her as like the gone girl case. Like the, yep. the, the media had made up its mind about they her. Did. Right? That's the problem. I yep. think gone girl had just come out and gone girl. Quick synopsis is awesome movie girl frames her husband for her murder. She's fucking insane. You know what I mean? Like, and she kind of comes back in that movie and uh, further manipulates the situation anyways. So like they equated it to, to that, that she's her, that she set this whole thing up and then she's free. And it's all like this gone girl thing, but she tells her story. It's the exact same story. Cops don't believe a freaking word of it. The you stuff know, the they cop- were saying were crazy. Like the, the the chief thing in the press conference, like they didn't even get a chance to talk to her yet. And they were already saying that they didn't yeah. believe her or whatever. Yeah, the cop was like, Denise Hutchins has to like apologize to us for wasting our resources and stuff. That's like, what? Like, she's like, kidnapped. <laughs> I mean, at the very least, like let this whole thing sort itself out. You know, not just like the day she gets found are freaking ready to like point the finger at her. And, and you know, and everyone's just like, Kind of yeah. against them. That's and then what she went through was freaking. And then it ended in episode two where her and Aaron got reconnected. And that whole, what he said, he said to her, I mean, what she went through. She was raped twice. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, sick. Get sick to myself. Like, like yeah, freaking totally messed up. And, you know, there's some things in that episode that I still have questions about after having seen the third episode. I do not want to spoil the third episode. Other than to say, like, I think he gives a pretty good resolution 
to like what happened and mm-hmm. it's fucking fucked up man it really is and there's some there's some people and you probably saw my instagram like there's this woman cop from like up north that honestly like i think kind of saved the whole day for all of them but you d- definitely get some good resolution it's quick easy watch i yeah. think three one hour episodes maybe a little bit less than that less. um if you're in the mood for like a good doc that one of those kind of like whodunit type i mean i love shows yeah. where it's like i don't know what ultimately yep. happened yep. and i have i'm able to think about it as i'm watching it and like certain things happen and it kind of changes my point of view and it's just like one of those good shows you know absolutely I highly recommend it as a doc great I, yeah those are great and again i love the thing about netflix these just pop out of nowhere totally. like you know what i mean like no one like oh you, that's why you see you scrolling through and like what are you watching you're watching what could be on on it's just a great thing to, to check out so yes yeah, that's the best thing about Netflix, dude. Cool. There's freaking docs coming out every two days. Yeah. And uh, some of them hit, some of them miss. Um, definitely, definitely enjoy that one. So I, I'm anxious to hear what you say when you want. Yeah. When you get a chance to watch that last episode. What do you got next? Next, this will be a quick one because there is literally nobody who's listening to this who, who've seen this show. But I, I, I almost debated not putting it on. But you know what? Screw it. I like this show. In, it's Invincible. It's the, oh, nice. the, the, uh, I'm sure the people like that show. superhero it's- show on Amazon Prime with Steven, Steven Young and J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, an awesome, Julian Jacobs, awesome, Jason Manzoukas. It's a great superhero story, and it's a cartoon. Uh, it's season two right now. It's only halfway done. They've only let the, the first okay. half out, so that second half is coming out in March, but I still busted through it in four episodes, and I very much enjoy this show so hey dude you're not the only one man a lot of people like this show i for whatever reason i haven't gotten a, gotten a chance to get into it i think i do at some point i just haven't yet so you really like the first season the first season, the first episode it, and that was the one what got me hooked and we t- and you said that I, even got you I did like it the first it's, episode of the first season the end of that is like to me is up to par with some of the best game of thrones endings of episodes it was such a twist and so well done. I loved the, that the first first episode and first season. So, so is the first four episodes of season two keep the standard of yeah, of the show? Like it's not I like noticeably better I, work. Picks up right where the story left, leaves off. J.K. Simmons as Omni Man, Nolan Nolan Grayson, who's his character. J.K. Simmons is just so damn likable, and even though he kind of plays a, a bad guy in this show, mm-hmm. it's complicated. But it's just like really good superhero show so if you're into and and everyone has said and what kind of got me into it is some people have said this is the best comic book series that people have have read that the the, and the story is complete this is this is a complete story they're doing from beginning to end that i think will be four or five seasons and people have said this story is is just incredible so i'm i'm in on this one okay i love it got a question for you yes Anyone listening to this, yep. mom included, no one's gonna know what the hell we're talking about. But yep. Omni Man is basically an invincible guy. Yes. Yep. He's, I yep. equate him in my mind to Homelander from the Boys. Yes. Who wins in a fight between Homelander and Omni Man? Or are they like equals? I don't I know enough about Omni Man. I would say Omni Man, just because yeah. from a psychological standpoint, he's just a lot more confident and. Homelander is—he's so petrifying against people that he can dominate. Yeah, I think he is a loose cannon, and if you basically anybody that that is is weaker than him, he can kill and he'll hold that power over him. I think Omni Man and him are both pretty much invincible, but Omni Man's a lot more ruthless and calculated than him. So yeah. as much as like I like uh, Homelander, I think Omni Man would win in a fight. 
That's that's really interesting. It makes me want to watch it a little bit more, to be honest with you. Yeah, so. it's it's a great show. So I wanted to to throw that one on there for me. So, uh, okay, I'm gonna move on to the next thing. Yep, dude, you're gonna freaking laugh your ass off because I did not put this on on Instagram. So I'm gonna catch you on off guard with this one. Watch this one with watch this one with the girls while we were skiing, and Tara actually loved it. The Greatest Showman. Have you seen it? No, but this, I am shocked right now. The first of the fact that I haven't seen you name the people that are in this movie. I am like huge on people love this damn movie. Oh, you haven't seen it. I've not seen, I've no, I know some songs, but I've not seen Dude, the movie. Watch it. I mean, it's nothing freaking insane, but like, you know, Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams, Zach Efron, Zadaya. There's a bunch of people like that. Dude, you freaking love the cast. And it's a musical. I, it's yep, P.T. Barnum inspired. And, I think it came out in 2017. So all-star softball, this is like an aside. All-star softball, girls that I coach all get to pick a song that they get introduced to when they bat. Half of the girls pick the song from The Greatest Showman. You know what I'm talking about. This is me or whatever it is? Yeah, I think that's what it's called. But you know what it is. You know what it is. So anyways, I'm like, I have awareness of that song just through them wanting to watch it. And we're we're scrolling around on Disney Plus trying to find something to watch. And there's actually a lot of good old movies on there, like Sister Act and you know, stuff that we're actually probably chip away at over time. But you know, we saw this and we're like, hey, let's just watch this. And it's well shot, good effects, a good cast, music was great, good little story. You know, it was perfect to watch with the kids. And now they've been watching it on TV here and there since then. So I highly recommend if you're in the mood for a freaking musical. I don't know, you know, it's good stuff. Always in the mood for a musical, first of all. A couple things I want to jump on here. One, looking at the cast, our streak of Rebecca Ferguson movies. Continue. Oh, yeah, Rebecca Ferguson, my girl. She, she's in this, too. You can love so Rebecca Ferguson. That's our kind of rehashable main person that we have, our thread that goes through every, every, every month. <laughs> she's the her. thread that connects all of the rehashable all episodes. The, the so have you seen, because I know that, like, I think it's This Is Me or that song. You got you should post this if, if you haven't. Have you seen, Joe the Girls, the behind-the-scenes video of that girl singing that woman singing that song in like Why, does rebecca posts. ferguson really sing it no no it's not rebecca ferguson that's playing her the girl that plays a bearded lady that sings it right oh okay okay yeah, yeah. i dude i freaking didn't know what you're talking about so yes so, so that yeah sorry i apologize but that you know you know that song that big yes. song you're talking yeah. about yeah watch show the girls tonight the behind the scenes youtube clip of that song being sung by that woman and she sings it to hugh jackman in the cast it is Awesome. Unbelievable. You have to watch it. That's right. I forgot that there was that pink song. Yeah. Okay. I know what you're I lost track for a second, but yeah, we did we listen to that song a lot before I even watched the show. So, okay. It's so, so popular. So anyway, awesome. Awesome thing. Me, me, big Hugh Jackman when he's not Wolverine guy love when he's like in musicals and he was huge. Hugh on Jackman is a great actor. He's incredible. Incredible. He's a great actor that has had an awesome career when it's all said and done. I, Okay, how about this for a question? This is an aside. Like, who are, like, the freaking Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore of actors for you? Because Hugh Jackman is not on that level for me, but he's probably a tear down. Like, for me, it's, like, Tom Hanks, Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise, Leo. Those guys are, like, you know, freaking A-plus listers. Hugh Jackman, to me, is maybe, like, an A-minus lister. Um, but, like, where does he fall for you on that? Well, we're just trying to think here, because you look at some of the stuff he's he's been in. Um his range again is is like so much different than all those other actors because he got famous by playing Wolverine. Mm-hmm. X-Men was incredible. Logan is 
probably a top tier movie for me. Logan was yeah. an unbelievable superhero movie, isolated story about little character Wolverine. But then you look at his filmography and you get like Le Mis, which he was, he was yeah. awesome in. Prisoners. You ever see Prisoners? No. Uh, never heard with of Jake Gyllenhaal? Another incredible movie. The Prestige. Mm -hmm. um, Prestige is awesome. Christopher Nolan movie. Um, so yeah, he's he's up there. He's kind of a oh a new Hugh Jackman movies coming out. You know, he's definitely in that top tier. So yeah. interesting. Um, Anyways, so we saw that. You should give it a give it a look at some point. I when, will maybe wait a year from Aaron to to be into that sort of stuff more, and then it might be a good, even a good kids movie. Yeah, I'm trying um, to figure out. Yeah, I'll, and I'll, I'll send you the link to that thing I'm talking about because it is okay. awesome. So, okay. um, what else you got? Man, Anything else? Is that it? I have one more, and I'll, and I'll go through this one quick. And who cares if this is a record breaking pod? But um, I I finished Monarch. Oh, nice. How'd you like it? So this is down the list for you. So no, it sucks because I want to love it. I want to like it. It was ten episodes. It should have been six. Yeah. Um, I love the Kurt Russell stuff. I love the Wyatt Russell stuff. Um, it needed more Godzilla. <laughs> Isn't that always the case in Godzilla movies? You know, um, it, it, the first episode I thought was incredible and there were moments throughout and I thought the finale was, was pretty good with some good moments of the finale, but it was bloated and it yeah. could have been six episodes. I, I love Godzilla stuff. I yep. like that world. I like the Titan world, but um, it was just a little too, a little too long. I think for me. Interesting. I still so I might pump the brakes on that because I had started it, and it maybe makes maybe it sounds like a. If it improves in the second season, maybe you kind of catch back up. So so you're. We said, so you're, on track you're such big Kurt Russell fans. You know what I mean? Well, he was the draw behind it. And then you throw Godzilla on there, but and there's some other Titans and that kind of stuff. But I just I wanted more Godzilla. And there mm -hmm. was a certain payoff at the end, which was really cool and, and stuff. But that was the only thing I, I would say about it. So. Has it been renewed for a second season? I don't know. Let me see if it... I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, that's... We so that is also on Apple that. Plus for anyone that's still listening. If you're into Godzilla movies and if you're into Kurt Russell, yes. which you probably, you probably are because who isn't? Yeah, um, exactly. And it's cool to have his son in there, there and all that stuff too. So again, good moments, just a little long. So mm -hmm. that's my monarch take. I uh, love it, dude. All right. So that's it for you. I have a few more things. Go for it. Uh, another doc that I didn't get a chance to put out on Instagram that I enjoyed. Didn't like love, love, but uh, it's called unknown. The cosmic time machine on Netflix. This is about the James Webb telescope. Do you know what I'm talking about? No. So the James Webb telescope is like the new Hubble telescope to when we were kids. Like, you know, the Hubble, yep. Hubble telescope was launched, I think in like 1992 yep. and it created all these amazing pictures that we saw through childhood of stuff in outer space, you know, galaxies, nebula and all that kind of stuff. And you was just like, wow, it's, those are very cool pictures. Well, when that came out and even before that, they were already planning the next like incredible telescope to, to come out. Yep, yep. It's called the James Webb telescope. Um, so they basically worked on it for 34 years or 30 to 40 years. Wow. And they launched it either last year or in 2022, maybe 2022, this doc came out last year and it just kind of talks about that whole process of like, basically long story short is like, this is a freaking huge telescope has a gigantic mirror in it that folds and they have to be able to pack this whole thing into a rocket. So they talk about how like that process is of packing this thing into a rocket. It's like $10 million to, to build this thing. Right. And, uh, and basically, when they get it into outer space, outer space, it has to unfold its mirrors. It has to unfold this big, huge 
solar shield that blocks the sun to get like clear pictures. And uh, the, the amazing number to me was that there's 34, no, 344 single point failure potentials. Yep. Yep. Meaning that like if any one thing of these 344 goes wrong, the whole thing's freaking wasted. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? So all that money. All that money, all that time, all these people's careers. So it's like one of those shows where you kind of get to know the people that were involved in this project over time. You can see their passion. You can see their excitement when everything kind of goes right. And it's wild. So this this telescope has to, they get it out there and then it has to get a million miles away from Earth, which is four times the distance from the Earth to the moon. And that's where it orbits the Earth, like way out there. You know, it's freaking incredible, man. It's like just great engineering. And it's just like one of those things you watch and you're like, wow, man, freaking human beings are pretty cool with the shit that they can do. And it's, it worked and, you know, Google it afterwards, but some of the images that it's produced are freaking. I remember now it it definitely rings a bell, everything that you're saying and what it produced and it changed, changed everything. Right. I mean, now that things that we can see, we can understand more and. Oh, totally. Basically they produce, they they, uh, say it's a time machine because it can see freaking light. That's like 10 billion years old, you know, and you can get a chance to, to see some of the stuff in the past. And one the last thing I'll say about it is the first picture they released was like, like this part of the sky that they aimed the Hubble telescope to when they first did it. And like, you got a good picture of like a bunch of galaxies or whatever. And it's like this freaking square inch, like space. Right. Yep. And this thing, the, the picture it produces has like a freaking million galaxies in this like little, oh you know, gosh. it was like that much more in depth than the Hubble telescope. So it was just like very like humbling. It's like, dude, this we little are. inch space of sky looking out there has a freaking million galaxies. And again, a galaxy is, you can't even fathom <laughs> can't how big fathom a galaxy it. is. And we're not talking a solar system. We're talking a galaxy. You know what I mean? So anyways, it just like really, I don't even think that could ever put it in perspective, but it's like you we're a freaking speck of dust in this. In, no, in then this even smaller. It yeah. like doesn't even, it doesn't even, you can, our brains can't fathom. Yeah. It. So it's an hour watch. It was not the oh, best great. thing I've seen, but it was kind of cool. If you're in, yeah, you know, was, again, after browsing Netflix and everything else for an hour, one day is like, you know, I got to watch something. So, so I picked this. Awesome. Love um, that. Thank you for sharing that. One last thing. I did not love this. And it was Wonka. Yep. We took the kids to go see this. Wanted to like it. I'm like, not sold on Timothy Chalamet. I mean, obviously love him in Dune, but like, I'm not like, oh my God. I got to see the next Timothy Chalamet movie that comes out. Like he seems like a good person to play Willy Wonka. You know, this is again, more of an origin story of Willy Wonka from Charlie and the chocolate factory. And it's good. It's well shot, good special effects. You know, there's a little bit of music. I just, I just wasn't into it, dude. But the kids didn't love it. Um, nor fell asleep. I wouldn't watch it again. I, I wouldn't recommend it, but I mean, if yeah. you freaking love Charlie and the chocolate factory growing up and you feel like you need some more, Charlie and Chocolate Factory and origin story in your life, then I mean, give it a shot. It's not the worst movie I ever saw. But anyways, that's my thought on Wonka. Do you yeah, have any interest um, in Wonka? I do like Timothy Chalamet more than you do. Okay. Minus uh, two movies that he has been in. Little Women, which is an unbelievable movie. And then Call Me By Your Name, which is also another unbelievable movie. I'll never Dune, watch either of those. Your, your, your boy Dune, I mean, uh, your movie Dune is coming out in geez, four weeks. One of my favorite movies from a few yep, years exactly. ago. Exactly. So we'll be doing a Dune 2 thing. But it, I, I mean, I saw the trailer and obviously I, I specifically, you know, as a 37 year old male, aren't quite the audience for it. Kind of <laughs> lost me at the Hugh Grant stuff. Oompa Loompa. Um, <laughs> you, I forget Hugh Grant said as an Oompa Loompa. Um, There's some funny parts about him, even that he's like really a dickheaded Oompa Loompa. Yeah. Which, 
He's like, yeah. just a dickhead. But to me, and I don't care. I know maybe it doesn't age like super well, but but the original Willy Wonka with Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder is Willy Wonka. Just picking up from when he walks out to the gate to the whole everything in the chocolate mm-hmm. factory, his depiction of Willy Wonka is so good. And I just love that. I never watched the Johnny Depp one. My heart no, goes I, I don't like that weird stage of Johnny Depp's yep. career. But okay, so... That movie that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory was, that could be made again. Like, there is no overlap between Wonka and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Wonka is all about, like, how Willy Wonka, like, got to the point of having a chocolate factory. You know what I mean? There is a little of that at the end. Um, You get a chance to see, like, this beautiful factory and all that stuff. But there's, you know, they could still make that movie, and they probably should with the setup that they did. With Chalamet, you think as Wonka then? Or? Yeah, I mean, I don't know, dude. They set it up. I mean, I, I they, I mean, it must have crossed their mind. I assume that you know that would loosely be the plan, um, and maybe that could be an endearing movie. This wasn't it for me. The first, the I loved the idea of the putting the golden ticket in the random chocolate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like I thought that that was very cool, and the idea of like people winning it and coming together and just like wow, what you know, what are the chances? And, and that wonder of the chocolate factory was was cool with the old one, but. That wasn't necessarily here on this one. Well, at least you watched this and everything on this list will be things that we highly recommend. So cool. cool. Minus that one. Yeah. Uh, okay, pal. That anything I'm missing here? No. Only thing I said, one other big thing I guess I watched was the Grammys, which was great last night. Our big girl T Swift made history, only artist ever to win four albums of the year. Just casually announces she has another album coming out in, in two months. Uh Something about poets. Um, the tor- it, tormented poet society. Yeah, tortured no. poet society. Tortured yes, or tormented? Like yeah. yeah. I guess. Well, God, I I know way too much about this stuff, so this is kind of funny. I, but I guess her ex boyfriends have a text string called I the. Saw tor- that. Yeah. Is it tormented or tortured? I think it's tortured. The, the text string is called the tortured something. Yeah. So the title of this album is like a play on that. Definitely. Yeah. So. Definitely. Which is great. Yeah. It was great. I mean, everyone thought that she was going to announce. That she was going to be doing Kayla's version of Reputation, that that'll be coming out. That, that was supposed to be the big announcement, but nope. She's just casually going to drop a brand when new album. When did Midnight's come out? Beginning of last year? This, yeah. The last, because it was Grammy's for last night. Yeah, so in 2023, it came out. Yeah. Midnight. Or whatever. Wow. She just, I don't, how does she have time to even make this and stuff? So she's the cool, best. Man. I'm sure we'll all be listening to it. Day one, I, I texted Aubrey about it when we came out. I was telling you before we were laying in bed when um, when they made the announcement. So I texted Aubrey, and um, uh, she was all fired up. So yeah, um, actually, I don't know that I even told Ellie or Nori yet, but they'll they'll all be excited. I'm sure we'll listen to listen to it nonstop. Um, so that's it. That's it. And then obviously we mentioned Dune Dune Two is coming out on March first. Oscars March tenth. This is a lot. Ooh, I like that it's March first, so we, we'll potentially see that before before we do our next episode. I I think that'll be you and I getting the band back together and actually want to see this in person. Yeah, I, I loved that first one. I don't know what it was, man. It totally clicked with me the way it was shot. Love the director, love the, the sound the cinematography. Like I just thought it was a freaking very cool story. I ultimately went on to read the book. So um, I actually know what's coming in this second movie, but I still can't wait to see it on screen. Cause I think they freaking hit a home run last time. I hope I it's good. To, I need to, I need to watch it again. Just because yeah, I'll of, do the same. it was very complicated and that, that sort of stuff. But anyway. great cast, man, too. Great, yeah. great cast. Great cast. So, yeah. All right. Yep. So we'll have that's that to look it. forward to. All right. Cool. All right, dude. Well, I guess that's it. Let's leave it at that. All right, cool. I'm going to send you that link for The Greatest Showman. That song's going to be in my head all day now for the rest of the day. So <laughs> Awesome, dude. All right, pal. 
All right. I'll talk to you.